0: Um, So, it's one thing for us to talk about, you know, thinking about your customers and running your MVP. How does your company become a company that learns? How do you build that into your processes? Um, I'm really excited to have Kea Dannenbaum here talking about her organization, Elect Next. Hi, everyone. Good morning. It is such a pleasure to be in this gathering of innovators and entrepreneurs and to be in the room full of people who love what they do. Is that a fairly accurate statement, that the folks in here love what you do? I will definitely put myself into that category. Thank you. And one piece of advice that innovative entrepreneurial people who love their jobs often give and receive is follow your passion. And this is particularly true in the social entrepreneurship and civic tech worlds where my company, Elect Next, lives. So what I want to do today is offer the opposite advice. When it comes to entrepreneurship, don't follow your passion. And I say this because the traditional account of passion in entrepreneurship is a myth, the reality of which ensnares us into a lot of trouble, and because what we really want to do is find the rhythm of practice. So that's the structure I'll follow today, myth, reality, practice. Let's dive into that myth, which goes something like this. Google, fueled by passion, persevered through VC rejection after VC rejection, and now they own the world. Or Airbnb, fueled by passion, sold cereal boxes to scrape together the first $25,000, blinked, and were worth a billion. And I am not exempt from this at all. I mentioned my company is Electnext, and my fantasy story goes exactly like that. Kaeya Dannenbaum, that's me, ran a campaign, got an idea. Fueled by a passionate belief that every person should be equipped with the information they need to be an engaged, effective citizen, founded a company that revolutionized American democracy. Whoo! IPO'd in five years, we can't forget that part. So, that is the passion. Uh, sorry, that is, that is the myth of passion. So what's wrong with believing it, with thinking that my passion will just carry me to startup success? Well, to answer that question, we need to turn to a little science behind the reality of passion. So this is the myth again. We start out intensely passionate, maybe there's a blip in there, basically we just ride that to glorious outcome when actually this is the reality. There's a cliff and there's a crash from which we don't recover. And this graph was actually taken from a chapter on romantic love, so there's a love thing again, from a book called The Happiness Hypothesis by Jonathan Haidt. And in it, Haidt explains that passionate love is like a drug. Its symptoms overlap with those of heroin and cocaine. And we all know that founders describe the startup experience variously as a roller coaster, a black hole. We forget to sleep, we forget to eat, we're so obsessed. In most situations, that is problem talk, but in love and startups, we romanticize the addiction. So, if passionate love is a drug, or passionate entrepreneurship similarly is a drug, then Haidt says it has to wear off eventually because our brains work to counteract the high and restore ourselves to neurochemical equilibrium. The mythical line can't happen. And Haidt warns us that there are two danger points on the true line. The first is up here being high is not a great way to run a business. (laughs) It's actually not a great way to make decisions in love, either, and height is forceful in pointing out, don't get married here. But of course, as entrepreneurs, that's often our starting point. We identify a problem, we envision a solution, and it's exhilarating, and riding on that high, we make a lot of getting married-like, major, life-altering decisions, like quitting school or our jobs, splitting equity with co-founders, bringing on investors. Two years ago at Next, envisioning a political world transformed by technology, I was sitting up there doing all of those things. Danger point two is the inevitable crash. This is where myth confronts reality, and the mistake a lot of people make here in the case of love, Height tells us, is to break up. Because you think that if I had the magic, I would be up there, but I find myself in this ditch, so clearly it wasn't meant to be. And startups go through this exact same thing, right? Because we begin so starry-eyed, and things get so hard, and they start to unravel. Similarly, at Elect Next, uh, we've, we've been here um, now for two years, so I believe that we have made it through this period, but not without a phase of deep internal strife, and tough questions, and introspection. And perhaps most dramatically, we did have a breakup of our original co-founding team. So, That's the reality of passion. It is a mess. We make irreversible decisions, often mistakes, at the peak and at the trough. And the problem with believing the myth and the problem with setting out to follow the myth is that we're totally unequipped to deal with the reality we encounter. So that's the bad news. (laughs) The good news is that there is Google and there is Airbnb, and there are these fantastic success stories when it comes to entrepreneurship. So how do people get there? If they don't get there mythically, and they don't get there passionately, well, there has to be a third way. I believe it's this way, so I'm going to spend a moment on what that line is, and then conclude with some thoughts about how we get on it. So back to love for just one more moment. Uh, In the world of height, a successful journey's end is that couple that we admire for still being in love on their 50th anniversary. We see this great result, and we impute a myth when actually, he says, they traveled this path to get there he calls it companionate, as opposed to passionate love for our purpose, let's call it dedicated practice. So if passion is this burning flame that must burn out, dedicated practice is the slowly intertwining, deeply rooted vine that ultimately holds the house up, long after the fire in the hearth has cooled. Dedicated practice is sustained, daily, process, rhythm and rigor, and unlike passion, which by definition will let you down, there are two great pieces of news about practice. First, it doesn't follow passion. They're not related systems, they are totally independent, so you don't have to wait to get through passion to arrive at practice. You can, and I would argue must, actively cultivate it. So, how do we do that? Well, one big part of transitioning tracks from passion to practice is all of these, surprise, lean startup tactics that we've been talking about over the last two days. Minimum viable products and reducing batch sizes and innovation accounting. Minimum, batches, accounting. That's not passion. That's not sexy, it's not PR worthy, as the two Toyota guys who were up here yesterday said. That's really boring. And as they also said, they update their innovation accounting spreadsheet every day. So that's what practice offers, that daily process rhythm and rigor that commit us to success. And here's a second great piece of news about practice. It's basically built into the definition of the word, you can and will get better at it over time. So to explore that, let's turn to a little bit of our own experience at Electnex. We've had three major products in 2 years, which is quite a lot, and through each of them we have been really dedicated about being lean. MVPs and cohort metrics and validated learning and the whole thing. Interestingly, even though we've had a consistent application of those principles, the outcomes haven't been consistent at all. And in fact, it turns out we've been getting better at it with each go. So I'll give you three examples. Cycle times, our concept of minimum, and fear. So starting with cycle times, uh, the first product that we worked on at Elect Next was this voting tool. It was dubbed eHarmony for elections. We worked on that product for 18 months. Our second product were these baseball card-style profiles on every U.S. politician. We worked on that product for a mere six months, and most recently we pivoted to something we're calling Featured Perspectives. It's basically expert commenting for the news, and we did that in a matter of weeks. And in the book, Eric says, ask any entrepreneur who's pivoted and they will tell you they wish they had made the decision sooner. 18 months on a product we ultimately retired. Yes, I wish we had made that decision sooner. But the good news is that with practice, we've been able to reduce um, or to accelerate our cycle times over time. We've also successfully reduced our concept of minimum. So again, with that first product, the voting tool, eHarmony for wait a second, the eHarmony for elections, um, the original concept of that was to help you vote all the way down your ballot, president to dog catcher, so we launched something that only matched you to presidential candidates, and we thought we're being totally minimum, when actually there was a website and a back-end database and these big data analytics and a whole matching algorithm, and if you noticed, I said, we launched, as opposed to our most recent product, Featured Perspectives, which I couldn't show you if I wanted to, because we are running the whole thing off Google Docs, and email, and by the way, it is, our only first repeat, it is our first repeatable revenue to date in the company off Google Docs and email, so with practice, we have successfully reduced our concept of minimum. And finally, with practice, we have seen fear give way to courage. So I can remember the first time that we pivoted products at Electnext, the whole process was permeated with fear in a way that I didn't even realize at the beginning. So we put this big official date on the calendar, and that was the day we were going to make the decision. And it lingered there ominously, and as it approached, people worried about their jobs and their roles, and the brand of our company, and how would investors react. And it was terrifying. And this most recent time that we pivoted now to featured perspectives, we almost didn't notice. Which, of course, is a bit of an exaggeration, but what was going on was that we were running all kinds of experiments, and featured perspectives happened to be one that started working, so we added fuel to the fire, and it started responding, and really, before we knew it, we were looking at each other and saying, well, I guess we're pivoting. This time with a lot less fear. So, one quick note about cycle times and minimums and and fear. Clearly, the three are related. Right, because with a more minimal product, you've invested less in it, so you can move quicker, and so that's shorter cycle times, and you're less fearful about pivoting away from it in the future because you invested less in it. So all of this works together, which emphasizes the point that whereas passion crashes and burns, dedicated practice will set you on this steady rhythm to increased progress over time. So before concluding, just one clarification. Um, started out with a pretty strong claim about passion. Uh, but of course, realistically, we are never going to see passion exit the equation enti- entirely. I mean, can you imagine a completely dispassionate entrepreneur? And in fact, if we, looked ba- if we look back at height's graphs, we see that passion doesn't ever disappear, it's always there. It just has a much smaller role and has a much different trajectory than we tend to give it credit for. This is an interesting observation because that sort of low-burning, long tail of passion can be really useful to us. It can serve as a foundation. It can be that place to plant our foot when we want to pivot. It's that magnetic pole that keeps our compasses pointing north. And there is no doubt that at Electnext, through the midst of all the uncertainty and the chaos that is founding a startup, we are oriented by that original passion in believing that every person should be equipped with the information they need to be an informed, effective citizen. And while we have been very deliberate about using lean principles to take us off a course of passion and on one of dedicated practice, those original embers still are, and I hope will always be there, smoldering. So, when it comes to entrepreneurship, don't follow your passion, and I hope that knowing this, equipped with this take on the role for passion in entrepreneurship as you all learn to build lean organizations that pivot, you will seek practice to channel your passion here, and that you will harness your passion to guide your dedicated practice here. Thank you. Thank you. That's terrific.